0: Unbelievable knockout. Can he believe it? Good Good morning. morning, Good good afternoon. afternoon. Wherever you are, you're listening to the Mo and Joe's Sports Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, man. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to what is now episode four of the Mo and Joe's Sports Podcast, a podcast which by the week is becoming more and more international. Great to be back. We've got a great episode ahead of you. Covering a lot of the sports and also our hot takes as usual. How are you getting on today, Martin?
1: Yeah, I'm good. After the football today, and just happy to get in talking about sports and seeing us growing week on week. It's it's good. So thank you for it to everybody for that.
0: Yeah, thank you so much to everyone who has listened in so far. We've now gone from the UK all the way to Canada, and now we have also infiltrated the States and
1: oddly Sweden. Do you have any Swedish cousins, Jordan, that's been listening? Absolutely not, mate. Absolutely no Swedish cousins. So, because we're from the UK and Scotland in particular, if you're listening from anywhere from across the world, come and contact us. Come let us know. We want to hear your story. We want to know what you're interested in all that sort of stuff. Because it's really great. An international sports podcast. I love it. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing better. It does give us a little
0: bit more scope as well to cover other stories, stories we might miss as well, which has been one of the best things about this is we're finding out slowly about other sports and other stories and dramas that are happening all over the
1: globe at the moment. So we have Sweden, Canada, America. It sounds like, Jordan, we're maybe a Czech Republic away or something from having to have a proper ice hockey podcast, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, maybe, mate. Uh, certainly a sport I think I want to cover in the future. I don't know enough about it right now, though, but if you're out there listening to us just now and you're interested in that, let us know, and I'll be sure to try and learn as much about it. Now, onto to our first sport of the week. We have some stories coming out of the world of NFL. Uh, Martin, do you want to kick us off with that, mate?
1: The biggest news this week probably comes on the back of, it seems like, the NFL is going to be on schedule for when it returns the nfl players association have agreed to a date to go to training camps which is the part before pre-season games and that is agreed for next week starts next week so it seems like the nfl is going to be starting when it's supposed to there was a lot of controversy whether it will or not due to the whole pandemic situation that we're in so for me personally it's great to see this all come together other sports, such as like the Premier League and the football and the NBA, they've had to stall and stop, whereas the NFL, they're probably the best sport that comes to this. Bearing in mind, it finished in February and won't start again until the start of September. So it seems like they're probably in the best position when it comes to this world pandemic we're in. So it's good to see that coming back. Obviously, fans not being there is going to be a, a massive difference, but timings were actually pretty much fantastic. Totally, mate. With the NFL scheduled to
0: begin its return, it is really exciting it's a sport as we've mentioned before i'm not massively aware of but now we've started doing this it's certainly something i'm going to keep an eye on so i think
1: with you said this was a pre pre-season kind of thing is that right so the way the nfl works it's they have what they call otas which is voluntary players coming back mm-hmm. and then after that you have training camp opening which everyone needs to come and then after that you've got pre-seasons and then the season starts Ah oh, right, gotcha, gotcha.
0: So so are we do we see games during this time or is this just teams practicing, and players getting back to fitness?
1: Yeah, this is purely just players going back into the building. There's been new acquisitions, there's been hires and fires of coaches, etc. So it's just for everyone to come in as one, as a team, because throughout the season you see people like Tom Brady is meeting up with his wide receivers and high schools and throwing balls and stuff, whereas this is more the whole team come together and be trained as a team. So it should be interesting. Yeah,
0: Yeah, totally. I think as well it'll be good to get the exposure back to the
1: NFL and get amped up for its return. Yeah, absolutely. Apart from the Washington Redskins name changing, There's not been a huge, huge amount of NFL news So this is surely to bring some across Due to the fact that some people will be training Some people won't be training Due to some conditions they've got Such as asthma, etc So it'll be interesting to see all those sort of news come in And help players gel and mix And new players coming in still Exciting things ahead Exciting things ahead I'm buzzing for it
0: Awesome man I'm excited that you're excited And hopefully produces some good outcomes in the long run And we can talk about it more often on the topic of
1: new acquisitions, I do believe there has been a trade that's happened recently in the NFL. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. It was just today, I believe, and that is one of the best defensive players. And Jamal Adams is young as well. He's been holding out contract talks with the New York Jets for I think it must be about like six, seven months now, oh. refusing to sign one because he wants to go to a bigger team. I suppose the New York Jets aren't known as a big team modern team anyway so he's obviously one to go out and expand his horizons and like i said news just in today that he has been traded to the seattle seahawks who are known for their being a great defensive team they're almost like jordan if i try and um, put this in football in terms soccer terms they're almost like the atletico madrid of american football they're based on their strong defense and they've got a defensive coat so that's how that sort of tweaks into other sports, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, absolutely,
0: mate. That totally makes sense to me uh, in, in that regard. Uh, it,
1: is, it is interesting. I was reading
0: up about this a little bit more. The the trade, as I understand, the the Jets traded him over to the Seahawks in part for picks in the next draft. Is that
1: correct? Yeah, exactly. Because the NFL, you can't just go out and buy football players. You just, you just can't do it. You've, you've got to trade. So you've either got to trade it for another player or what happens most often is they'll trade it for picks Now the draft is how teams in the NFL get their players You you need to come through the draft or unsigned But mostly through the draft And it's so important to build for your future these draft picks So what Jamal Adams has went for Is a first round pick next year mm-hmm. A first round pick and I believe it's a third round pick this year as well So in terms of trades in the NFL, it's a massive fee I'm supposed to pay. It's huge. But again, Seattle Seahawks now have one of the best safeties for possibly the rest of his career. So to try and say who's a winner and loser in this is quite hard, but that is a lot of picks. For example, your most talented players in college are going to get picked in the first round. So you're giving up to outstanding young players that you could pick later on in the future for this one player so it is, it is weird trying to figure out who's won this deal yeah I don't, if, if i was to put my money on it who's won it possibly the jets would be happy to take it for a player who didn't want to be there in the first place it's a good result for them i reckon but good good on both sides i think the jets just crossed the line when it comes to who's won the trade
0: Perfect, man. Perfect. And in regards to, you were saying that Jamal Adams uh, is motivated with this move to seek success within the NFL. Do you think this move will put him in a position to succeed? So are we going to see him compete in the Super Bowl, for instance? Do you think
1: this increases his chances? I would say that's two different questions. Increases his chances 100% for a shadow of a doubt. I don't see Jets going anywhere near Super Bowl anytime soon. Whereas the Seahawks do have Russell Wilson as their quarterback. He's aging a little bit, so he has something to prove he needs to get that Super Bowl win again. So a solid defense does help that. Cool. So so Jamal Adams going to the Seahawks, good on both parts. Does it make Seattle a Super Bowl team? Probably not, but it definitely makes them better than they were anyway.
0: Perfect, perfect. And another topic, in like just a bit off of that, is, of course, we're talking about NFL beginning the process of returning.
1: Are they returning with or without
0: fans? Do you know?
1: They are returning without fans, just like the rest of the world at the moment. They are returning without their fans, but as some companies will be happy with that, I suppose. With Major League Baseball, they have seen the highest TV ratings in the past nine years, which is incredible for these TV programmes, such as Fox Sports, NBC, all that sort of stuff. They will be more than happy to have no fans there purely for the income revenue that they'll be getting from this. Because I do believe Major League Baseball has been on a downward spiral with views for TV ratings. It's almost the same as most sports. I think basketball's fine for that. But I know the NFL had been going down in TV ratings as well, apart from the last two years. So this is just going to rise it right up. Let's people get the experience of watching it from home again. And it should be fun. should be fun, Jordan. I'm just buzzing for sports to be back, especially my love for the NFL. That's perfect. So it's, I, I just love it.
0: Awesome man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you do and I, I'm looking forward as I've mentioned already to hopefully getting to enjoy it on a similar level to you and getting to talk about it a bit more and getting a bit more exposure and hopefully a better understanding of the sport. Certainly we're hearing like big news of course we've had the Patrick Mahomes news already come through so that is definitely something that I think has earned my attention It's beginning of the start of the season and just going to see what it's like. I've never really watched the full football game, American football game sorry I've never even just watched like the full Super bowl before so it will be interesting i'm looking forward to it myself nfl ufc nba they're all on super late or super early depending on uh, the game so yeah definitely a few early ones and possibly a few late ones as well
1: speaking of sports that are not in the uk at decent times we have the ufc and mma as well jordan yeah Absolutely.
0: And as we record this, I have stayed up until basically five in the morning to watch the last fight from Fight Island, which was based in Yas Marina, Abu Dhabi. So that was interesting. It was the UFC fight night where it was against Robert Whitaker and Darren Till. This was a super exciting Weekend because you have the former champion for the middleweight belt with Robert Whitaker versus a new challenger until for the division he's recently come up he's had a fight against a previous contender and unfortunately for him we did see him lose although via decision so it wasn't an awful night for him amazing bunch of fights throughout the card throughout the the whole month that we've had Fight Island. We've talked about a few Scottish fighters already and one Scottish fighter that was on the card last night was Paul Craig. He's a fighter from Coatbridge. He is fantastic. He's one of the, probably the best examples for a fighter I think we have from Scotland right now in the UFC, possibly even within the UK. He last night was fighting a Dagestani fighter with the name of Antigolov, who was considered like a submission artist, someone who had previously had 15 submission wins to his name prior to last night fortunately for us scottish fans anyone that supports scottish athletes like me and martin do paul craig came away with a victory a really really impressive first round submission via triangle choke and that actually was enough for him to earn a performance of the night bonus which comes as like an addition nice. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely mate. Uh, a performance of the night bonus just so uh, for yourself martin you may not know any bonuses that come, so performance of the night, fight of the night, something like that, Um, they always come with a £50,000 addition onto whatever your paycheck would have been. So. Not even better. Yeah, exactly. So not only do you get the accolades, you do get a little bit of money behind it as well. And to be honest, it was an absolutely fantastic fight card to end Fight Island with as the UFC now prepare to go back to Las Vegas in the Apex facility that they have there And moving onwards with other fights It was amazing And really one one fight that did really round it off Is we actually saw the end of a career last night And like a very long career I may add We saw Antonio Rogerio Noguera Have his last fight against Mauricio Roa uh, Some fight fans may know him as Shogun Roa Two Brazilian artists, two very long servants within the UFC. Antonio noguera has been in the UFC for a very long time. He's been in MMA for even longer. He had a career that spanned over 33 fights. And unfortunately for him last night, he wasn't able to see out the fight to a win as him and Shogun Rua completed a trilogy of fights that they've had starting in 2005 and ending in 2020, where Shogun Rua came away with the victory each time via decision every time neither man has been able to finish yeah neither man was able to finish any of them whether it be at the start or the middle or even the end of their career so it was actually a really great way to round off what has been a really interesting month. as the ufc have had all these fighters come into abu dhabi so it was it was honestly a great car to end it on and although it wasn't like a pay-per-view it was a fantastic fight night
1: So, how does the UFC do their decision things? Like you know, in boxing, how like they have the judges who score each round and they add them all up, and whoever's got the most scores at the end wins. Is that how UFC does it, or is it just they just pick a winner? It's interesting. That's exactly
0: how they do it. So the UFC are governed similar to boxing or some boxing anyway with the nevada state athletic commission that's where they take their rules from and also as part of that there is the judging criteria you'll have three judges and they score each round with a maximum score of 10 being allocated usually what you'll see is the winner of a round gets 10 and then the loser of a round gets eight possibly nine if it's a really close decision seven if it's not if it's like very obvious and then over whichever amount of rounds Usually within the UFC You'll have either three or five Then the winner comes out on top And in this fight I just mentioned That was a three round fight As five round fights Are usually only reserved For main events Or title fights
1: Interesting See we're learning Yeah, yeah learning I like it Absolutely you, you can teach me
0: all about NFL I'll teach you all about UFC And I'm sure we'll both Come out on the wiser I do have a sub
1: question For you though Go for it As a viewer mm-hmm. Okay mm-hmm. Would you prefer To see a fight Where it's a Submission or like one where somebody just knocks somebody out oh. or, dis- or to a decision, which I'm probably guess not to a decision. Oh, see, that's that's a very loaded question, mate, for us UFC
0: or MMA fans, I suppose, because UFC isn't just all of the sport I've got other places like Bellator and 1FC for instance
1: so, so we are only a one hour podcast Jordan so maybe just a yes yeah. or no answer oh see <laughs> man it's such an open question for me
0: I prefer a really technical fight uh, so what that looks like for me is something that starts on the feet so a lot of striking kind of traditional boxing maybe kickboxing then goes to the ground and then there's a bit of of a dynamic there that constantly switches and then depending on who's fighting you'll you'll learn what you're going to get so for instance i talked about robert whitaker versus darren till i wanted that to be a knockout i didn't want that to be a decision that was the outcome i wanted from that fight but then we talk about paul craig and i wanted him to submit and to go off because that's what paul craig does that's what he brings so it's less about a general rule and more about you bring it to certain fighters you come to expect it and then if it's Say a new fighter that you're being introduced to I always go in with an open mind and I want to see what they do So there isn't a yes or no to that There isn't one or the other I, I really do prefer when fighters have A very dynamic fight and if it goes to a decision I want it to have been a war throughout I don't want it to be a stalemate So not a yes or no answer
1: but yeah. I guess that's probably The best I'm going
0: to get out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of Honestly I could talk about it forever But uh, <laughs> that's as close to a yes or no you're going to get from me On that topic Okay, So just not answering the question that's, very... that's fine I'm a politician that way
1: We talked about the NFL starting to come to the start of the season, whereas now we have NBA, who are very, very close to the start of the season, as they're now doing their pre-season friendlies, as we were calling them, but they're calling them the NBA scrimmage in the NBA. John, did you have any look at the games, any of the highlights, any of the scores at all? So, mate, I paid a little bit of attention to it. I mostly paid attention
0: to the franchise that I follow closest, and Denver Nuggets. Other than that, I've kept a, an eye on, the, for instance, like your your big names, like the Miami Heat and like the LA Lakers, for instance. And that's that's it. Really, there's not not a lot. I've kept an eye on like Toronto as well, but uh, I've not not fully watched any of the games or anything like that. I've not even watched any of the highlights quite yet. But I'll be sure to get on that.
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty similar. I'm kind of new into the NBA I know all teams of big players so that's sort of, that's what I was looking out for, I looked out for the LA Lakers, not a fan of anything just purely because they've got their two massive players and LeBron and Anthony Davis and the only news from that really is LeBron scoring 20 and Anthony Davis coming out early due to being poked in the eye which is (laughs) horrible, I, I would usually look that sort of stuff up but I don't think I'll look up a poke in the eye
0: yeah, it's definitely not something that you want to be looking at. Like they they can
1: be pretty nasty. Which a poke in the eye kind of reminds me of I can't remember when it was, maybe a couple of seasons ago, when I was watching the Cleveland Cavaliers again Warriors and Draymond Green poked LeBron James in the eye are oh, horrible. I I just don't like like especially in, in the eye. Oh mm. not for me. Yeah not for me. To relate it back uh,
0: to our previous sport the UFC, eye pokes happen quite often and they are not fun at all. They're not pretty. And yeah, like, ho- hopefully he's all good. I imagine he will be like a couple of days. He should be decent. Um, fortunately for the Lakers, it doesn't really deter their performance. They didn't start the scrimmage off terribly. They only lost by four points to the Mavericks in the first game. But then they basically went on to walk it their next game uh, when they beat the, the Magic 119 to 112. Just looking at stats, like purely just statistically and like how the games have gone and not actually haven't watched the highlights, it does seem as if Kyle Kuzma, who is pretty young, you think he's like 24, 25, he like does seem to be getting at some decent numbers in the scrimmage just now. So hopefully during this season we can maybe see him kind of start to fill in the gaps. So it would be good for
1: Ellie. I think it is quite good to point out to any people who are listening that don't follow American sports is that they're not like British sports like football, for example, you can't join the Premier League team and start playing when you're 17 years old if you want to. Yeah. These people have got to go to college and they come out about 22 23 year old. So, so as a, a young age, because no, so yeah. yeah, hopefully, does massive things in the future of a massive team like the LA Lakers. Hopefully,
0: anyway, yeah. And uh, just on the topic of age as well, they actually even changed the rules to mean that you couldn't just go straight from high school and like join the NBA like famously LeBron James did.
1: Oh, I actually never knew that. So that is,
0: wow, maybe that's that's new to me. Yep, Uh, LeBron did not have a college career. So if you look into his career, uh, we may do an episode or something on it one day, but LeBron never went to college. He went straight from high school to being a professional NBA player for Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: So if you are a fan of the NBA, or if you're looking to get into new sports, the NBA season starts in their Disney World bubble On the 31st of July, if you're in the UK, the first game is at like half 11 on the 30th at night. So, pretty much the same. But yeah, so, new season starts on the 31st. I know for sure that Jordan and myself are looking forward to the NBA season starting again. So, hopefully you are too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Have you got any picks? So, I think this would be quite beneficial if you are wanting to watch the NBA. Have you got any picks for the first day, like first week of NBA that you think people should watch.
1: If I was to pick one game, it would probably... People are going to start thinking that I'm an LA Lakers fan. I'm not. But if I was to pick one game that I'm probably watching at 2 in the morning on the 31st, I might watch it, is the LA Derby. So the Los Angeles Lakers against the Los Angeles Clippers. Should be a big game. a Big game with big stars as well. And um, What about yourself, Jordan? So for me, it would be less prestigious,
0: but at a more accessible time. It's not on the first day of the season, it's on the technically the official second day of the season it's on Saturday the 1st, it is the Miami Heat versus the Denver Nuggets, it's on at 6pm here in the UK and I'm really looking forward to that one just because unlike Martin there is certainly some bias on my point of the Denver Nuggets Now everyone, that's us at the halfway mark of this week's show and as we did last week we're going to go through our new segment that we call Flash News and this is where we cover just some of the headlines from some of our favourite sports Starting off the week Great news for me, Jordan Henderson
1: has been voted the Football Writers Association Player of the Year. That's well deserved, in my opinion. He's probably one of the most underrated players possibly in Premier League history. He's such a good little player. And there's a take from you, Martin, that I 100%
0: agree with. <laughs> so it has been confirmed for the 2019-2020 season, there will be no Ballon d'Or awarded, and this has been confirmed due to the lack of fair conditions.
1: I mean, it makes sense. There's no real point in doing something like that in this climate that we're in. So, yeah, it totally makes sense on my, my half. What do you think? Yeah, totally. Especially with like certain leagues that haven't been able to finish, you can't really
0: properly evaluate players. And I know the French League might not be considered like one of the best leagues, but you've got, for instance, like Neymar and Mbappe in those leagues. So you can't really fairly weigh them up against like, so, like Lewandowski
1: and Kevin De Bruyne. And Reagan Hendry from Scotland League One, Ray Absolutely <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. The one year. The one year. The one year.
0: Moving on from soccer, but definitely not soccer, we have confirmation that the previously known team of the Washington Redskins will now be known for the 2020 season as Washington football team. The franchise has confirmed this as they are looking to explore other names and branding for the
1: team throughout the seasons. Again, another news headline that makes total sense. You, there's no point in rushing into a rebrand. It's just going to turn out shocking. So the fact that they are just going to take a year, but also most importantly, take that derogatory term out. It's the best idea for everyone, I reckon. Absolutely, mate. I'm
0: still, I'm on the team of Washington Red Wolves should be the name, so like, go Red Wolves.
1: Our last piece of football news is Leighton Baines. The Everton defender retires from football, age 35, possibly cementing himself as an Everton legend with 420 appearances. All I can remember is his fantastic free kicks, Jordan. What do you think?
0: I, I think he was a very good player for Everton. Very great servant for them throughout his career and he will be missed. And yes, I may be a Liverpool fan but I'm a fan who can appreciate Everton and definitely should be considered a legend. He's been there for well, the majority of his career. So, yeah, um, good on him. And whatever he
1: chooses to do next. I just want to do a wee point to what you said there. I don't really think he would be massively missed. Maybe his presence, but you've got Luka Dina, who is an incredible talent as well coming through. So, I think, footballing-wise, Luca Dina is obviously the better choice. But, yeah, yeah I, wish, I wish him all the best in his retirement. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of two new sports we're covering this week, just like we covered rugby last week. And tennis. We have... Oh, yeah, and tennis. Sorry, Jordan. We have cricket. Now, cricket is becoming the first sport, I don't know, in the world, but certainly in the UK, to have fans. They are trailing having 1,000 fans when Surrey play Middlesex at the Oval, and that is possibly the start of UK fans into the sports that they love which is fantastic is for me and you anyway jordan oh yeah brilliant uh hopefully this transitions over to other sports
0: uh we've already seen it be quite successful in for instance new zealand where they had basically packed out stadiums uh, for the rugby so hopefully this is the start of a process that builds up to us getting into stadiums for whatever sport it is from cricket to football and
1: boxing and f1 whatever it may be sport, to me, is all about fans. You can have as many TV deals and hundreds of millions of pounds as you want, but without fans, sport is nothing. So it's good that we're getting back into stadiums and being able to just return back to normal, really. Yeah, totally agree, mate. And the final part of Flash News, Italy's Ronaldo wins the British Masters by three shots, which is a second European title by the 23-year-old. So we're talking about Kuzma, being 23, 24-year-old, this gentleman here for golf, 23-year-old, nice and young, possible next Tiger Woods, who knows?
0: Yeah, really exciting, yeah, especially if you're winning like your second European title at the age of 23. certainly shows that you've got some talent, and as anyone who'll know who's a fan of golf, whether that's playing it or watching it, it is a sport that you can have a long career in, so hopefully this is a sign of things to come. Certainly would be exciting when it comes to having another talented European golfer, so best of luck.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's not a gentleman that I knew of. I'm not the hugest golf fan, but now it's someone that will definitely keep my, my eye on. Over the past few weeks, this is now our fourth week doing this podcast, we have been getting more and more interaction with more and more of our listeners. We love hearing from you. doesn't matter what views you have, we want to hear them. So we have lots of different forms of social media that you can get in contact with us. And these come in the form of Instagram, which is Mojo underscore sports pod we have twitter which is at mojo sports pod we have our facebook page which if you just search mo and joe's sports podcast
0: so please guys hit us up on any of the socials we'd love to hear from you what your thoughts and opinions are on any of the topics that we have discussed or will go on to discuss today and in particular as well our hot takes that'll be coming up later on today interested to hear interested indeed
1: We now move on to a sport that's been in every week so far, and that's Formula One, purely because it's just racing happening, really. So it's good to hear some new stories as well, George. Absolutely, mate. So, this weekend is the first weekend since
0: F1 returned a month ago where we've not had any racing. This is the off week between the Hungarian Grand Prix that we discussed last week and the British Grand Prix doubleheader that's coming in next week and the next again at Silverstone. Lots of things have been happening in the interim, which is great. Like, sports is amazing when. Although the sport isn't on, it still stays in the news. That's one thing I I love about it. Probably the first thing I'd like to cover off is the uh, announcement that there will be three new tracks added to the calendar to increase the current schedule of 10 to 13, as due to the global situation that we found ourselves in over the past few months, uh, lots of races that were scheduled to be in were unfortunately cancelled, couldn't be rescheduled. Uh, Particularly sore casualty off that was the monaco grand prix it's one of my favorites that unfortunately isn't going to be in this season but i do love the monaco grand prix it's one of my favorites as well yeah it's it's the superstar grand prix it's also a very technical track i absolutely love it love it so much but we have it confirmed that the grand prix is coming to italy not once not twice but three times so Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, The most recent news coming is that Imola is returning to F1 after being absent since 2006. In addition to that, Another track that we have coming in, or returning, I should say, is the Nürburgring, so a German Grand Prix, which has been absent from the calendar since 2013. And the brand new track that's making its debut in Formula One later on this year will be in Portugal at Portimao, which is going to be so amazing. Like, it's just, I can't wait Like to see a new track. We were scheduled to have Vietnam and the Dutch Grand Prix return this season but instead we've seen these three tracks,
1: so a mixture of old and new coming in as well. Me, personally, I feel like I might have heard Imla. I don't know if that's whether it's down to watching Grand Prix years ago or if it's down to, say, Top Gear, which that's how I definitely know the Nurburgring, Ring. Yeah. Or if it's like racing games, for example, but Imla rings a bell somehow. Nurburgring Ring is obviously one of the most famous tracks in the world of racing, so interestingly when I bring up top gear, you have I, I kind of remember this off the top of my head is Jeremy Clarkson going around ring in a van, trying to do it as fast as possible in a <laughs> Ford Transit van so yeah, it's weird how these things stick with you, but new tracks are always going to be a great addition, especially the one in Portugal where no F1 fan has seen before, so it should be really, really exciting
0: Absolutely mate, I could not agree more, one thing that is really exciting for me is the last time we saw Emma was actually in 2006 as I mentioned and the winner of that race was Michael Schumacher. I actually remember this race a little bit as well because it's about the time when I got into F1 so later on in his career he was still bossing it and uh, it's just so exciting to have like good memories of a track and that track come back and then the same with Nurburgring. It's a really great track. Fans have wanted it back for a while. It is something that we got really excited about as a community, and it's something I'm looking forward to. Although I've never seen this Portamau, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, track, <laughs> I, I've never seen an F1 car drive on it in a competitive way, at least. I am really looking forward to it. New tracks are always exciting and the same way anything new in the sport is. As it is such a regimented and like, traditional sport, it's really good to see new things come in. Even if they're like small... Things that come in, such as uh, an addition of a single track that's going to come, come into the season. I'm really looking forward to it, and hopefully it entertains, and if it's really good, it comes on to next season, and then next season we can have it even bigger and better than before.
1: It just adds that different dynamic, doesn't it? Like, obviously, you've got the classic tracks, like the Nürburgring, and Germany as a country is massive in the like, automotive like making cars and sports, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, to come to a country like Portugal, who off the top of my head, I can't think of a Portuguese car brand or a Portuguese racing track, whatever. So, it's good to embed F1 and more sport into a new country. So, yep. for a place like Portugal, it must be absolutely massive. So, best of luck to them. Yeah, again, I feel like we're agreeing
0: a lot this episode, but I absolutely agree. It is. is is really exciting and on the topic of legacy and like tradition and everything along those lines really interestingly not the weekend that we're about to go into but the next again weekend the one uh with the race being on the sunday the 9th of august that is actually officially the 70th anniversary of the grand prix and that's going to be held in the uk at silverstone one of the more famous tracks i would assume within the f1 calendar
1: so speaking of out with some of the old tracks and in with the new, I read something about Ferrari doing a restructure of the entire technical team. Is that just them bringing them and bringing somebody better in?
0: It's not, mate, but they have indeed had a restructure. So, what they've done is they've oddly they've created like a new department called the Performance Development Department. And the whole restructure has been designed to try and combat in the the best way possible Ferrari's incredibly poor start to the season. And what this new technical division does, in the, the technical organisation, is it really streamlines the chain of command. So instead of having like managers and sub managers, you'll have like one department head, and then the next. Like these will these people will like have a very linear chain of command instead of it being a, a little bit like a tree branch and kind of going off everywhere and anywhere until you get to the top.
1: It sounds like what they were needing, though, was a don't crash into your teammate department. Have they put that in there, too? <laughs> uh,
0: not not yet. Not yet at all. But uh, talking of crashing into your teammate, it does definitely seem like Sebastian Vettel is trying to get himself a new one, at least. <laughs> <laughs> like at the very minimum. So, of course, he is not going to be contracted to Ferrari after this season. Ferrari have already confirmed that they will be replacing him with uh, Carlos Sainz from McLaren, leaving him without a seat. The current talk, which is very interesting for me, is that the current team Racing Point, so we spoke about Racing Point in the last episode in regards to some of the drama that they've had with Renault. Yeah. They're due to change their name next season, so just so anyone knows... If you're listening right now, Racing Point currently are as they are. But as of next season, they will be known as Aston Martin Racing. So what's happening is they're currently reviewing their driver's lineup for next year. And they currently have Lance Stroll, who is the son of Lawrence Stroll, who is actually the owner of the team. So the chances that he's going anywhere are pretty slim. So what that leaves us with is a very long-serving servant of this team in Sergio Perez, who's actually been there since the Force India days. So they went from Force India to Force India Racing Point to Racing Point to now Aston Martin. It seems as if he won't survive the next name change. And the rumour currently around this is that Sebastian Vettel is in the key position to move into his seat and then Perez will be displaced from that, which for me personally, I don't agree with. I think Sergio Perez is a brilliant driver and deserves that seat, I do think. If someone had to leave it should be Lance Stroll, but as I mentioned,
1: his dad is the owner,
0: so it's not gonna happen. I don't think so anyway.
1: It kinda of comes down to who's a better driver, right? I mean Sebastian Vettel's got like what, like three or four titles when you he... I don't wanna go into too much because we had this discussion last week about cars, but yeah. they're a very dominant Red Bull car. So is is he a better driver than Perez? I would I, I would assume so from the outside. What's 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 your thoughts? Like if you had a choice, would you Get rid of Perez and put Vettel in. I know you sense it's unfair, but what would you do uh, apart from Stroh? Sorry, like obviously you saying Stroh's there because his dad owns it. If you had a choice between Vettel and Perez, do you choose Vettel? I would
0: actually, I would, mate. I would choose Sebastian Vettel because he is probably a better role model for Lance. Lance is a pretty young driver, so if you want him to develop, getting Sebastian Vettel in there is probably a very good idea. The fact that he's also a four-time world champion is something that you can't disregard at all. And Aston Martin really do want to be making a name for themselves as they come into the sport. So you're going to have Aston Martin racing, you're going to want to hit the ground running. We've seen Racing Point have been incredibly competitive, but they don't have that it driver. They don't have that superstar yet. So Mercedes, for instance, currently have... Lewis Hamilton, then you can even look at the likes of Renault who have got Daniel Ricciardo who are both a fan of and then even when you go into the grid a little bit like at McLaren you've got Carlos Sainz and you've got Lando Norris, both characters in their own right you don't really have that at racing point right now Lance is a very much uh, quite a private individual, um, I'm not sure if that's anything to do with how he grew up, Like he's quite a wealthy kid he's very privileged to be in the position he's in and he has to the most fans been given that so I personally don't feel like he has a lot of personality, <laughs> and but I do think Sebastian Bell does bring that, and I want to see him stay in the sport more than I want to see Perez stay in the sport, so hopefully, hopefully they sign him.
1: I mean, worst case scenario, I'm a big believer in Scottish talent, and a big fan of Paul (laughs) DiResta so if he can get back into the (laughs) sport I'd be happy with that yeah well (laughs) it is his own own team
0: like uh, sorry his own team his old team is there so Paul DeResta, Scottish driver race for Force India as I've just described who have kind of evolved into racing points to be Aston Martin But yeah, I think he's quite happy doing the Sky coverage now, like a bit of the commentary. I think he's taken a step back from racing, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. Actually, I don't think stranger things than that have happened, but (laughs) who knows? Who knows what could happen? Okay, now we move on from Formula One and Paul DiResta and go on to our last sport of the day, a sport that we end every podcast on, a sport that... Is winding up slowly, and that is the sport of football or soccer, or as we like to call it, definitely not soccer. Uh, And a lot's happened. As of today, we haven't confirmed exactly who is going to be relegated. Let's not
1: talk about it. Let's not talk about it. Let's talk
0: about it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, for any of you guys that have listened, you'll have remembered last week's picks where Martin was wrong and I was right. And yeah, we, what what we've seen is Aston Villa have managed to survive, which is exactly what I said, and that Walford and Bournemouth have joined Norwich in going down to the Championship. So, Martin, how do you feel now about your picks that are forever recorded?
1: Um, i got Bournemouth right. We've both got Bournemouth right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, um, fair play to Aston Villa. It does seem like a strange one for Villa to stay up, who are only really staying up because of the situation at Sheffield United, where Sheffield United got their goal to solve Jordan.
0: Yeah, um, I would disagree slightly with their only staying up because of that. But in June, we did see in the game where Aston Villa played Sheffield United, they appeared to have scored a goal, but the official so because of the level of occlusion on the ball that the keeper had had, none of the cameras or even the goal line technology that they have in place was able to detect if the ball had crossed the line, although to fans watching the game, it seemed pretty clear that the ball went over. That did give Aston Villa a much-needed point, and if they hadn't got that point, they would have gone down via goal difference, most likely, given that Bournemouth were a single goal and a single point
1: off of surviving this season. Must be hard. Wow. Like, it must just be frustrating for Bournemouth fans, but absolute delight for Aston Villa fans. But like you said, that was in June. That was a month and a bit ago. So, yeah, a lot has happened since then. A lot happened before it. So to say it's just one specific point. Yeah, it's a, it's a branching off point, isn't it? If that, If this one thing didn't happen, this thing could have happened.
0: But as you say, I think... I think if you look at probably from like 15th down to 20th, a lot of those teams haven't been performing the way they would hope they would have been. And unfortunately, the three poorest teams to have performed were Bournemouth, Watford and Norwich. It's bittersweet because I do quite like Bournemouth. I do quite like Watford. I even would say Norwich are an OK team, but I'm glad that Aston Villa stayed up. What about you, mate? What do you think of the relegation results compared to your relegation picks?
1: I think we need to actually put it out there to start with you agreed with me two weeks ago, and then you changed it last week. I cha- I, I, I. There was no
0: thing to say that we couldn't change your opinions, and there was still. Oh, okay, well. When we well, recorded, find- <laughs> when we recorded, there was two games left of the season. We released the podcast, I think, the day after uh, the thirty seventh game, but we recorded when there were still two games left. So I, I still
1: had a lot of time and a lot of play with when I changed my mind. Okay, I'll take the defeat this time. I'm getting it back next. Actually, I say I'll get it back next season. Next season looks very tasty for that relegation battle because with Leeds and West Brom, up, they look very strong. Mm. And a lot of those teams you say underperforming. Like West Ham had a good return, but they're still only like four or five points away from that drop zone or something. Like it's like you said, that drop is huge. Yeah, the gap sorry isn't very big at all. So. Any team could have went down on the wrong circumstances. So next season relegation battle should be very interesting. With the English Premier League ending, along with other leagues in Europe, we are now on to the Champions League, Jordan, which starts a week on Friday once this is released. So if you're listening, a week on Friday, Champions League starts. Jordan, how would you feel? I know Liverpool aren't in it, though, so you can't get too excited. See this is the thing mate for me
0: I actually love the Champions League as a competition not just like because Liverpool are in it yes Liverpool winning it is an amazing thing and unfortunately we were beaten by Atletico Madrid and that was that was the end of that <laughs> um, so <laughs> It is it's really interesting. It returns on Friday the 7th of August and you're looking at the teams that are left in it. There's a few where you're like, yeah, you're definitely not going anywhere further than where you're at just now. But there is other teams where you're thinking this could be a really, really interesting game. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: I would like to hear what teams you're actually on about saying that you're not going anywhere. I feel like you're probably aiming at maybe Leon. Yeah, but Leon, uh
0: at 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 atalanta for instance probably aren't going to do much i don't imagine leipzig have the depth quite yet so because then you just look at the teams that are around there you've got real madrid and man city yes they play each other to move on to the next step so one of those teams are going to be there then you're going to have juventus that are there as well alongside atletico madrid potentially napoli and barcelona then you've also got the potential of chelsea and Bayern alongside psg these are really stacked, really strong teams. And, for instance, with PSG, they've had a massive break. They've been playing pre-season, like, friendlies, essentially, against Scottish teams <laughs> as it stands. And so it's it's really
1: interesting to see what will happen. But I think, for instance, Lyon and Leipzig probably won't go that far. I think with breaks and playing friendlies, though, it might just benefit teams like Chelsea and Man City, who are not long just finished their league. It's only going to be, like I said, a week and a bit until they are kicking up again. So, it could be interesting as well. You've got to bear in mind, Atalanta, I'm pretty sure, like, second or third in the Italian league. So, no pushover. Bear in mind, I don't think PSG play that well in Europe. They're looking for that Champions League and they've never really got near it. So, that could be the game to watch, I reckon anyway. As well as the Chelsea Bayern, which is obviously a replay of the final for when Chelsea won it with Didier Drug boss. So, yeah. there's a lot of interesting games there that
0: any particular games that you've got your eye on, like from the games that are coming up?
1: So I would probably the Man City v Madrid, probably the tastiest one of the four. How about yourself?
0: I have the exact same game, and I also think that whoever wins that game goes on to win the tournament.
1: Oh, that's bold.
0: Yeah, I think I think both teams are in such an incredibly strong position right now. I could be wrong. I probably am, but that's, that's what I
1: think. <laughs> You'll change your mind anyway, so no, I'm going to stick to that one. I'm going to <laughs> stick to that one. I sort of have an opposite feeling from you. I feel this is so wide open that anybody could win it. I find it hard to predict. I really do. I really do. I think I can I can solely say, probably the same as what you were saying uh, Leon, Atalanta, and Leipzig, possibly Napoli as well. It won't be any of those, but I feel like it could be any of PSG, Atletico Madrid, Barca, Chelsea, Bayern. Event is Man City Real Madrid could be any of them. Yeah, could be really any of them. And to be honest with you, I won't be putting my money on any because I'm just not confident enough.
0: That, that's fair enough, man. I think the one thing that pips it for me is that these are all going to be one-off games, so every team doesn't have that two-legged alleviation of pressure. Like they have to perform there and then, and when you're looking at performing there and then, you're going to be looking at your bigger teams. Although I'm more than happy to be. Proven wrong by the likes of, say, Atalanta. Like, imagine they're just going, well, we've only got one game to prove ourselves. Let's just go balls to the wall and absolutely ruin... Well, they've got PSG and then whoever they have next. Like, it could it could be wide open, but I don't think it'll be anyone other than the norm that's going to contend and possibly throw in Man City there as well. These teams are probably
1: viewed the same way people are viewing them as Ajax last season. Yeah. So you never know how, how far they can go. One-off games, like you say, crucial. Chances are, all the favourites aren't going to go through. We 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 know that. We we bet. We know that that doesn't happen all the time. So, I can probably guarantee that either one of Leon, Atalanta, or Leipzig will probably go through. So, as a round-off, we both think Man City, and Real Madrid is the one move that we'll be watching.
0: Absolutely, it'll be the game that I'm I'm focused on the most. Maybe the Chelsea Bayern game as well. Uh, I believe they're on different days. So you have the Man City Real Madrid game on on the seventh of August, and then the next again day on the Saturday you have Bayern versus Chelsea. So those two those two games there will probably be, that's a good weekend of football for me.
1: Yeah, so I'll meet you up pub in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. We'll social distance and have a pint. That sounds good. We are rounding off the end of this podcast. like We have the past few weeks, and that is with our hot takes. Our hot takes are just unpopular opinions, which we put across to each other and see our reaction. Now, challenged each other last week because Jordan has disagreed with every single hot take that I've done, and I've agreed with every single hot take that Jordan's done. So we're not sure who's winning, who's losing, but I'm interested to hear your hot take this week, Jordan. I Uh hope. That I disagree with it. <laughs> okay, okay. I,
0: I've come up with one this week that I think you may disagree with, you might not. We'll see what happens as we put the arguments across today. So my whole take for you this week, mate, is that I personally believe that MMA is on course to replace boxing as the premium combat sport globally.
1: Oh, I don't think I like the sound of that one. I don't think I like it. I don't think I like it.
0: Would you like to know why I think
1: that? Yes, hit me with the stats and the evidence, please.
0: Unfortunately, I've not brought stats, uh, but I have brought over my opinion. So the reason I believe this is I, first of all, I'm going to just confirm I'm a big fan of both. I love combat sports in any shape or form. MMA, I incline more that way than anything else. And the reason for that is... First of all is the unification that comes with MMA. So you don't have fighters signed to different promoters and different like broadcasters and everything. You have fighters that fight in an organization and are able to fight freely within that organization, within their weight limits. Which boxing should be, but boxing isn't. We've seen the likes of Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua like, struggle to fight one another because of, like, the broadcasting rights and the promoters all being different and they can't fight on this channel and he can't fight on any day that ends in the Y kind of thing. So, <laughs> like, it, there's lots of clauses that stop fighters from fighting each other and in MMA there's not as much of that. Um, actually, I would go on to say there's very little of that. You really have your your head honchos and whichever promotion we'll use the UFC, in this example of Dana White, essentially going... To these matchmakers, we want this and this to happen. Can you make it happen? And they go, we think that's a good fight. They try and make it happen the best they can. And because of the open dialogue you have within each division, you don't have any pushback other than a fighter not wanting to make that fight. So that's the only pushback you'll ever get, really. Or in some instances where possibly you have a, a newer fighter, a fresher fighter, or potentially someone with not a great record wants to fight. The champion these are the, the situations you're probably not going to see immediately but it's a lot easier to have a fight secondly one thing i think that boxing really lacks at the moment other than your main names is personality i think a lot of the personality that used to exist in boxing is kind of gone you, you used to have such flamboyant personalities that we now see in the likes of like the NBA and the NFL and like in football as well you have these people that are outliers but I can only really say there's one or two of those now and it's quite disappointing because if you are an MMA fan and you focus on wh- whether it's Bellator, uh, UFC, 1FC, wherever you choose to look you you have personalities in there that really do come across well and are really fan friendly I don't think boxing has that anymore and yeah The only thing that boxing has right now is money. And I think UFC is getting there with massive broadcasting rights with ESPN and they're being bought out by companies for billions of dollars, which used to be crazy to think uh, like any amount of money reaching a billion would ever be considered within the world of MMA. But I think MMA is on the course to replace boxing as a premium combat sport. Not now, shortly in the future. When I say shortly in the future, I believe the next five to 10 years, if boxing does it make fundamental changes? It's interesting.
1: I feel like you've, you've fought your opinion pretty quite well. But I feel like, again, it's opinions. But for yeah. me personally, if I was to pick the two best fighters in the UFC against the two best fighters in boxing, I would pick boxing 100% of the time, purely because I don't really know much about MMA, UFC sort of thing. But when it comes to actual boxers as well, I know more boxers than fighters in the UFC, but again that might just be me we just need to hear what the listeners think and Uh, maybe back back you up a bit possibly.
0: That's it, and that's that's what the hot takes are all about, we want to know if you guys at home agree with me disagree with me, the reasons why what your opinions and all that are on it
1: talking of hot takes, so mate, we're going to move on to yours I'll give you some background before my hot take, okay I love the American sports and the way it's all made and the way leagues are structured, I think we could learn from that as football soccer fans. I really believe we can learn from this. And the way to do it, I think, is salary caps. The yeah. thing that I love most about American sports is that a team dominates, but we don't dominate for years on years on years and years. For example, if we take Real Madrid, they have been a massive, huge football team for decades and decades. The same can be said about teams, if you take Scotland, for example, where we're we from, the teams that we support from Scotland, you've got your Rangers and your Celtic. Massive, massive teams who win constantly. It's only them in decades and decades and decades. So I think these domi- like sport isn't made to be dominant. I, I don't like when sports are dominant. So it's good for other teams to have a shot at being dominant. For example, if we take the NFL, you have the New England Patriots who are seen as one of the best teams in this era with Tom Brady. They've won six Super Bowls out of the 20 years he's been there and they're seen as one of the greatest teams and he's one of the greatest players, but he's only won six Super Bowls. And that's because other teams are allowed to be dominant and other teams are allowed to win. It's the same with the NBA. Same with Major League Baseball, the hockey, everything. Teams are not allowed to be dynasties almost like Real Madrid. So I've talked quite a lot there. I'd love to hear your view on it though, Jordan.
0: This is this has become a very interesting episode, Nate, because it turns out that you disagree with me this week, and I agree with you this week. <laughs> we've 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 done it, I think. I think we've done it, hopefully. Um yeah, I, I I totally agree, man. I think it's not even just the the competition aspect of the sport anymore for me. It's really it's the money that gets thrown around. So the hundreds of millions of pounds that get thrown at players to just sign for a team. And then on top of that, the hundreds of millions of pounds that are really paid out in salaries, it isn't a sustainable model. And I think this is where American sports gets it right, is they have a more sustainable model than the European model that we currently have. And with the things like salary caps, and you've used the NFL as a great example there and the success that Tom Brady's had. Uh, Another example I could come up with is that the MLS is a football league so it's a soccer league and it does have a salary cap it has some rules outside of that which allow you to come outside of the salary cap but that's limited to for instance three players within the MLS and for me that's that's a good thing because let's use PSG as an example they've got Edison Cavani they've got Neymar, these are, these are massive players and each and every single one of them are commanding a great salary and a lot of money was spent to bring these players in, maybe more so in the case of like Neymar and Mbappe. But what we've seen is that they've really just been able, through some big acquisitions, they've been able to consolidate the league season on season. And like you said, with Scottish football, you have Celtic and Rangers. And even when Rangers weren't in the picture because they had to go down, for reasons we won't get into at the moment, which is, actually maybe we will because it was money related, wasn't it? It was what the model that they, they were chasing wasn't sustainable because of the money that they were spending. They were spending too much money, so it leads to clubs like that going down. And we've seen that with Bury this season. The money that they're spending on success, or the attempt of success anyway, is leading them to go bankrupt. And I think that's
1: really unfair on a lot of football teams. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's just these teams that I'm saying, like Real Madrid, like what's the point in sports if you're not gonna win something? Like, see if for example you take Newcastle, probably one of the biggest teams in England, in the in the Premier League, in terms of fans, okay, like they have outstanding fans, huge amounts of people going to that stadium sold out every single week or every second week. They've been nowhere near winning any Trophies, because purely because Man U, Liverpool, Man City, and the London teams can spend so much more money and bringing these players in, like how you're saying about PSG, it's the same as Man City. Man City were a nothing team until big, massive, rich owners come and buy all the best players in the world. So it's not something that I like, to be honest with you. I like competition, and if you've got teams like Newcastle, for an example, who Haven't won anything for ages, and probably isn't going to win anything for a long, long while. It's good to see teams like Newcastle have their time to possibly do something. It's just it's a new way I would like it tried at least because, like you said, it it works for the MLS and it works quite well for the MLS. It's very again non-dominant. You don't really get teams being successful for too long, so. It is something I think that can be brought in. I don't think it will, purely because of the billions of pounds these teams make from TV rights, etc. But it's worth thinking about, I think. Uh, Even if you don't know how salary caps work in that as a non-American sport fan, it's good to look into and good to have a thought about it.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I really can't disagree with anything that's been said here. It is just one of those things within the world of professional sports, money is a great equaliser. What you have and you see is the teams with the most money have the most success. The teams with the least money have the least success, or at least the teams that spend the least money anyway. And it's, it's odd because as sports fans, uh, especially if you are a fan of a sport that it involves transfers, every single sports fan loves a shrewd sign in. So, when Leicester signed Riyad Mahrez for like £400,000 when he came in and then performed amazingly, the story wasn't that he was a fantastic player, it was he was a fantastic player that only cost a couple of hundred grand. And I think a salary cap adds a level of tactics that modern football and possibly even to like certain degrees as well, like with an F1, doesn't have where you have to use the money as a tool and not just this essentially gift to be able to get wherever you want. So we talked about last week in my hot take that Pep Guardiola has really been able to sign whoever he wants with the money that he's got. And that hasn't brought around all the success, but it has solidified Man City as a consistent contender, as you mentioned earlier, who were nothing team before. And yeah, money, money really needs to be controlled more for these teams especially as i think it would really benefit all the way down so we've seen through a lockdown a lot of teams from like league one and league two and even some of the championship have really struggled with money and salary caps and stricter rules not just these financial fair plays and you shouldn't spend as much as you or more than you earn kind of thing like these these are more suggestions that you can receive penalties for but they're not really enforced in the same way as they are in American sports. So, mate, I totally agree with
1: you. I'm glad to hear you agree. It's a good feeling to be agreed with. No, I don't know <laughs> how you've been feeling the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah. But I think I like the controversy better. I'll try and go for something a bit more dodgy next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing as well, though. So, although we agree with each other, the same as the previous point, what we really want to hear is what you guys at home think, what what use? think of should salary caps be introduced to sport and not just football we've used football as an example as we both agree it's a sport that we probably know the most about and then the sports we do enjoy such as nba nfl these are sports that already have that system in place so it's harder to find another example but is there any sport that we could use a salary cap in that isn't just football and is is there somewhere else
1: that these rules should apply and why is that we really want to hear from you guys I absolutely want to hear from listeners as well, John, so it's a good point. Let us know, let us hear your opinions, and make sure to get hold of us on any of the social medias listed in the middle of the show. And thank you so much again to everyone who
0: has listened to this episode and our previous episodes. We really do want to continue developing this and introducing more and more news and topics and giving you our hot takes it's been so much fun so thank you again for listening and spending the time with us this week
1: yeah i agree thank you very much everybody it's a good little process we're going through and i'm looking forward to doing it for weeks and weeks and months to come bye guys bye